Welcome back to the North Star Podcast. Today, you guys have just me, solo cast time, and we are going to be talking about self-care when it doesn't work and what to do about that and why this happens. So I actually also wrote a blog post on this topic. So if you want to read more, just head over to the website, MackenzieBellCastro.com. And I'll also include it in the show notes if you just want to click over easily. So anyway, really what I first want to say is just acknowledge how popular of a topic self-care has really become in the past few years and where I believe, you know, it really stemmed from, which is honestly in response to hustle culture. For so many years, we were really told that, you know, the key to success in in personal and professional life is is just to go hard, right? Like to, in order to be the best entrepreneur, then you have to work all day or in order to be the best wife, you have to do all the things around the home or to be the best mother, you know, same old story. We are pretty much message no matter what it was that we were after no matter what quote-unquote title we were after um the way to be you know optimal at said title was just go hard and over time not only did we all just get so burnt out we also realized you know collectively that this just isn't the way right like I can't like at this point, you and I know that there have been tons and tons of studies just about how stress really affects us, how it negatively impacts our performance, and overall, just in like quality of life. Like, I don't know about you, but for me, I certainly do not want to just constantly be on the grind, be on the hustle. And I know actually (laughs) about a lot of you because I've talked to a lot of you and I know that it's not the kind of life that you want to lead either. So, so yeah, so this is where self-care really started to crop up and it was this beautiful time. Like if you think of like the nascence of like the self-care movement, of course, this is not something that's like actually new but like in this in this day and age um for those of us who are millennials listening or who are gen z's listening like when this really became like a popular thing like at the start of it all it was so lovely it was again our response to this hustle culture and i feel like in the beginning it was truly gentle right we were just beginning to experiment we were beginning to slow down you know learn first like just like exploring like oh what are these things boundaries and energy vampires and what is good sleep hygiene and and when like and learning about meditation all these things we were exploring and then experimenting and honestly I feel like it was pretty exciting right like I know for introverts like myself, it was really cool because like for the first time, it felt like 
the things that I like to do, the way that I like to pass my time were suddenly not like this weird thing that you don't talk about, like staying home on a Friday night, like all of a sudden it felt very socially acceptable. And as I was still quite a young person, I feel like when this movement really, well, actually, I guess I was already out of university. So I feel like I could have used it even more back in high school, to be totally honest. (laughs) But still, still, it was so lovely to begin to see these things like reading just become quite cool, honestly. And I know that sounds a little bit like vapid and shallow, but there is something to be said about when things do become in vogue. It's... (sighs) Basically, it, it kind of like fast forwards our ability to accept these things because it's almost like, okay, society's on board and then it just perpetuates self-acceptance. Now, obviously, obviously to do deeper work to like really go in and be like, hey, I truly can love these things about myself no matter what anybody says. Like, obviously that's where the real work is. That's where the goal is. But, you know, it's all a journey and in order like sometimes you know there's nothing wrong (laughs) let's just say with like finding comfort and ease and let's say garnering a portion of our self-acceptance from from the fact that it like these things about ourselves are becoming more popular I'm not sure if I'm articulating that correctly but hopefully you guys know what I mean Again, ultimately, it's more important or like the goal is to love ourselves no matter what the trends are in society, right? Like, I mean, let's let's get real. Obviously, that's that's the goal. But if we're really struggling and then society and its trends kind of like help us, I mean, what a gift, I feel. And then again, again, just because I don't want it to come off as if like, oh, like, let's lean on societal trends to give us grant us or bless us with self-acceptance like not at all um but you know what I mean okay (laughs) I'm not gonna beat the dead horse there um so yeah all in all I just feel like at the start of this movement it was so beautiful I'm thinking of like the chronically ill population like a lot of the bloggers too I know a lot of them were beginning to feel like in this in a very similar way like I and I struggle with these words being like validated but again it's that same thing with like it was nice to just see the way that you spend your time if you're someone who loves to rest or needs to rest because you're chronically ill or maybe you're a mother who's been taking care of her whole family and then like all of a sudden you just see people talking about this more like it's nice to see yourself reflected in the media and um And so, yeah, I felt like it was a really liberating, gorgeous, peaceful time. And then the thing is, as as things grow, like as self-care, as a movement really grew, I mean, the industry really took place and it began to, to grow. Companies started to notice that like wellness was like becoming super trendy and when that happens and things like self-care and wellness begin to get commodified that's where things kind of got a little bit 
sticky, right? Like, and here's the caveat is like, I feel like when I say that, it sounds like the immediate assumption is, oh, anti-capitalist. No, 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 no. I actually think entrepreneurship, I think creating businesses, um, innovating based on like society's demands or interests, I think that's such a cool and beautiful thing. The reason that I bring this up actually is because, let's be real, like there's gorgeous companies, like I'm thinking of like other ship in Toronto that have popped up and they had this beautiful mission to bring people together and bridge them over taking care of yourself, like create a community of people who want to take care of themselves versus like go out and drink and stuff like that. And I think that's insanely beautiful, but at the same time, there's going to be, of course, amongst the beauties, there's going to be a few beasts. And those are the businesses that basically sell snake oil, right? And I feel like in the wellness industry, there's so much of that. And again, that's, that's, that's really what I mean by things started to get a little bit sticky. So, of course, like, when when we started to get all of these products and services that were selling wellness when we started to get them like basically pushed down our throats you know whether it was by reputable companies or by these sort of like scammy companies basically what if you think about it like what we okay so wait these businesses are trying to make money, right? So, okay, they're marketing, marketing, marketing. But what that means for us, for the consumer, is that we end up, we really end up feeling like, shoot, they're basically the subliminal messaging is we need these things or else all of a sudden we are not well, right? Like rather than like, oh, these are things to amplify your wellness, the way it's pretty much ingested, because let's be real, the way it's often messaged, particularly by these kind of like shittier companies that are a little bit less ethical, um, they would basically have you believe that if you don't do these things, then you're like, you're, you're making yourself almost unwell. They use like fear tactics and all this stuff. And I just... I don't like it. Um, And what makes it all the more difficult is like, we could all be like, yeah, okay. But at this point, like we're all very smart consumers. We understand advertising. Like we see this stuff like, yeah, okay, sure. At this point, I think that we all are quite savvy. Like we, we are aware of social media ads. We know what influencers are trying to push stuff on us. But at the same time, even though we intellectually understand something, like we understand that someone is pushing a product on us or that the world at this point is pushing wellness products on us, it doesn't mean that like in our hearts, we like emotionally have grasped that. So meaning our intellect and like our emotional world don't always connect. And to be honest, I mean, it's really like our emotion, like how we feel that affects how we respond to the world okay like the way that we feel about things colors our perspective and that goes on to affect um yeah how we ingest the world and then how we respond to the world 
And so, yeah, I could be like, okay, well, I'm really aware that like I'm advertised. Um, I don't know, like I'm advertised all these oils, these facial oils all the time. And I see that they're advertisements and I'm, and I realize like, okay, I'm probably fine with the one that I have, but because I'm seeing them all the time, like all of a sudden I just kind of find my mind wandering when I have like free time. And I'm like, hmm, maybe I should get another facial oil, you know, like it's not really logical. It's just that they kind of have created an emotional pull. They kind of created a story in my mind. That's very attractive. That's like, you know, Imagine yourself rubbing in this particular oil into your skin at the end of the day. Imagine how good you'll feel. Imagine the scent. Imagine the sensation. Imagine all of the gorgeous self-care that you're going to be like loving into your body through this, right? Like brands, savvy brands create stories that are emotionally heart pulling. Like they tug at our heartstrings and that's why they work. And that's why it doesn't really matter that we are so intellectually aware of what's going on because eh, we're pretty much run by our emotions anyway. I mean, obviously, again, that's not everyone. I definitely, <laughs> I'm like going on a roll now, but I've <clears throat> known and I, well, I was very close. I dated an engineer in the past and he had a very classic engineering brain. And I actually would say that he and people like him are <laughs> perhaps an exception because he was very much just led by, um, numbers and stuff like that and I think a more public figure who was exactly that way is if you guys are familiar with like Tom Bilia um of impact theory I absolutely adore him I um I do think that okay so there are people who maybe aren't as geared or led by their emotions but I think you guys listening if you connect with me like we love stories we love these things and it doesn't make us stupid or gullible or whatever it just it means that we're more connected to our hearts and to our emotions and then that therefore you know these kinds of things do affect us okay um so yeah we kind of I guess the long long the long and short of it really is that when we start to feel like if we don't do these things, then we're not really being as well as, or we're not taking as good care of ourselves as we could, we are actually getting, we're basically stressing ourselves out to put it bluntly. I was trying to think of a better way to say that, but we're pretty much getting like stress responses because we're just like oh my god I'm not taking care of myself well enough and then we get anxiety we can get burnout is a very natural consequence of this and it's pretty ironic (laughs) because the whole point of self-care is to really you know tend to ourselves so that we aren't dealing with stress anxiety burnout but now all of a sudden we have an industry that is making us feel like if we don't do these things, then we're not being the quote unquote best version of ourselves. And that is cueing the stress, anxiety, the burnout. Okay. And it's just like, it's a lot. It just makes me, yeah, it just makes me want to take a deep breath. So, okay. So the point, so if we're aware of all this stuff and yeah, we're still getting affected negatively by it we're starting to feel stressed 
in our day-to-day lives, whether or not it's because we feel like we're not taking good enough care of ourselves or we're simply like, okay, we're engaging in all the self-care practices and yet we're still not feeling well. Like it's not working. Like what are we supposed to do? Probably if it's not working, it's um, because of a lot of things. One, it's like these things that we have picked up and are have implemented into our lives, we've done because we've been influenced into doing so. And they haven't really come from like a heart, a true, deep, like soul calling. Like this would really benefit your mind, body, and soul because this is calling to you on a deep level. Like rather, we've just been sort of manipulated by marketing. Um um or again it's that sort of like perfectionism thing that's been triggered in us where like we don't feel like we're doing enough so okay so we're feeling burnt out what do we do like if all apparently our thing that we're supposed to be turning to is kind of creating the problem like it kind of puts us in the pickle doesn't it but (laughs) there is no there is no (laughs) There's no thing, there's no corner that we can back ourselves into is what I'm trying to say that we cannot get out of, okay? Like call me the eternal optimist, but I know it to be true. So the thing is, the first thing that we can really do is take a step back and yeah, and take a look at our self-care practices. We can consider, are they bringing us joy? Are they making us feel fulfilled in any way? Are they bringing us a sense of growth? You know, what are they really adding to our lives? If they're not contributing anything, then it's time to consider if we could just do away with them. Like, why do we need them in our lives? If we don't feel like we can get rid of something, then that is also information that we should tap into and and inquire about and consider like, why? You know, have they become part of our identity? Are they quelling some sort of anxiety in the way hustle culture and like overworking and all that jazz once did? It's really actually a great opportunity here to just like dig deep and understand whatever attachment you might have to a self-care practice that actually is not bringing you a deep sense of care. Now, of course, there might they might actually be contributing something to you, but maybe they just don't feel like enough and you're still kind of feeling on edge. And that's fine. What I would say in that case is keep these in your practice, but then you're you know, what you have to do is you have to determine like what's missing. What is the big goal that you're hoping to achieve through self-care and get really clear. You know, I honestly, most people that I've spoken to, including myself, when I talk to myself, (laughs) it's like, when I think of self-care, I think of, I want a sense of tranquility. I want peace. Like that's the energy that I'm after when it comes to, caring for myself and the thing is that we can achieve that right like we really can like the thing it just because we're not feeling it now doesn't mean that it's impossible and that all of this is a hoax like real sustainable deep self-care is so possible it's it's I absolutely actually adore it and what I just don't like is sort of I guess the reason I got kind of, I think, fired up in this episode is because this actually is a topic that means so much to me. I'm so passionate about true, genuine self-care, but I kind of don't love how it's just been twisted 
and sort of cheapened. Yeah, cheapened is the real thing on social media, honestly. Um, but it is, it is possible. It's more than possible. Um, it's really what we're meant for. We're meant to move through this world feeling good. Seriously, 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 seriously. That is the truth. And really that first step is just getting real with looking at, you know, what's preventing you from feeling this way. Okay. So it's not just about assessing our self-care practices, but on a very deep level about looking at, you know, what is getting in your way from feeling this sense of inner peace or tranquility, or again, whatever energy it is that you're specifically after when you conjure up the word self-care in your mind. So like, what is preventing that? Are you a chronic people pleaser that surrounded yourself with toxic people who are leeching your energy? Do you have loving people around you, but that, you know, you haven't allowed to support you because you've prevented yourself from speaking up? Are you not making enough money to support yourself? And are you like, therefore really stressed over finances? Have you maybe lost touch with who you really are because you've been so busy or you've just been taking care of everything and everyone and you don't really know what it is that you value and, you know, as a result, feel unfulfilled or just lost. Really transformative self-care, like this deep, genuine self-care that I'm speaking about, it just it's imperative that it starts with raw reflection. It's really only when we understand what is truly burdening us. And again, what's getting in our way of, of having that sense of peace that we can understand the best first step for ourselves, right? The best first step that we can take to unburden ourselves so that we can live the life that we want to lead. So So yeah, so guys, like, here's the thing, like, (laughs) I also talk a lot about tools and stuff like this. And so I I don't want you to be like, I'm confused. Like, what do you stand for? I stand, I do stand for the tools as well. Like, I believe in yoga nitra. I believe in Reiki. I believe in these things that I personally practice. Like, meditation is amazing. But just as it's, you know, these things, like cold plunges, bubble baths, or um, these sorts of rituals, they can, my perspective is they can calm our nervous systems, but it's always going to be only a temporary calming of our nervous system until we really address the root cause of what's going on on a deeper level. Does that make sense? Now, naturally, things are going to come up throughout our lives. So it's not like we can just do deep work once and then spend the rest of our life having bubble baths. It's like we need to continually check in with ourselves. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's important that when we begin or particularly when we feel like we're in a rut, that's when we're being called. Like when we feel like Fuck, nothing is working for me that's when we need to go in and do the deeper work so that these beautiful practices and tools and rituals that I do love so much, I do love, um, so that they can actually be effective, you know? And also on the flip side, so that we're not feeling like we are white knuckling it, right? Like throughout our day, just to quote unquote, make it to the point in our day when we can take a bath. 
because really it's important to determine our relationship between ourselves and these tools. Like if we feel like we desperately need them or else like our heads are going to explode, that's a pretty precarious position to be in. It's a very stressful lifestyle to lead because imagine if that was the case, if that's how you were living, then when you go on vacation and you all of a sudden cannot do your morning workout or your morning meditation because maybe you're on a flight or something like that, all of a sudden you're putting your body in, in mind and soul really in a very stressed out state because you're super attached to these practices. You haven't actually sort of unwound what was going on deeper down and and yeah. That's why you have that attachment and that's why there's stress if these things are not, um, if these rituals are not carried out in these circumstances. So when we can just understand where we're truly, truly at, where we're off balance, that's when we can see the inner work that we need to do to heal and understand, you know, how it is that we move through our days in order to like honor on a deep level this healing. So For example, if you find in doing your introspection that you're pretty docile, you move through your life just like basically like a doormat and your work is to balance this extreme yin energy that you're holding with a little bit more yang, you need to be a little bit louder, you need to voice your opinions, you'll if you know this, you can find opportunities throughout your day to weave your particular self-care throughout your day. So for you, actually, self-care is not going to be a bubble bath. Again, it's going to be leaning into that yang energy. It's going to be finding times to speak up or noticing when someone asks you something, noticing your hesitation, and then making a point to share your opinion anyway that is actually the self-care that's going to serve you best. And while you're weaving this into your life um, throughout your day, that's really when you start to grow. It's sort of like they say, like meditation actually is like what happens off. Meditation is also like what happens off the cushion. Like ultimately our goal with these practices is that we are not just like compressing self-care into a set of tools that we pack into the beginning or the end of our day, but rather we're extracting the essence, the learnings, and we're weaving this into the rhythm of our day so that we are showing up differently. And again, so that we're actually growing as a person and not just, again, clamping on to these rituals that kind of bring us into a state of homeostasis after moving through a day and being completely out of whack, right? We want to actually get to a point where our we're feeling good the majority of the time, right? That makes sense. Instead of just oscillating between feeling completely out of whack and then, okay, thank God I can meditate now. And then completely out of whack and then thank God I can meditate again. No, we're, we're aiming more for like an ease throughout the day. So that again, if you happen to go on vacation, you're, it, it, you're like, ah, no big deal. I don't need to meditate now. Like, it's okay. I can, I can miss today because I have its essence in me. Right. So, so yeah, long and short of it is when we can tune out the chatter from the external world, all the things that it's telling us that we need to do. And when instead we can tune into ourselves 
and ask ourselves how we can bring a sense of self-awareness, self-compassion, self-respect to all of the situations that we encounter, that is when we really begin to feel good in our lives, right? Because that that essence of self-awareness, self-compassion, self-respect, that com- that is that is like the crux of the benefit really of of self-care like when when we've learned how to tune into ourselves when we've learned how to really weave this peace into our being the result of that is we feel more compassionate toward ourselves we feel more respectful of ourselves we have a greater awareness of ourselves and then life just stops feeling so hard because we've always got our own back and we trust ourselves and we're showing up as we want to we're showing up in alignment with our values we're really being our quote-unquote higher self or our best self or whatever it is that you know whatever word connects with you we're showing up as we want to right So my loves, I hope that this has not felt like a massive rant. I hope that you were able to take away from this what you will. I hope I've been clear and concise enough. And again, if you're more of a reader, check out the blog. It's all there in plain text. And yeah, anyway. That was the solo cast for today. I hope it brought you benefit. I hope it brought you a sense of entertainment. Maybe you could feel the passion in my voice. I love you guys. I'll be back next week with a brand new interview. And we will chat then. Take care. Thank you so much for joining us on the North Star Podcast. I am so grateful for your time and your presence. If you want to chime in on the conversation, you can send me a DM at MacBalCastro on Instagram. I mean it when I say that I'm really always happy to hear from you, be it with regards to your insights gleaned from this episode or with regard to your own unfolding journey at large. I do believe that we each have our own North Star and it's our duty to do the inner work to get to know ourselves so that we can live in harmony with our souls, carry out our calling, and serve others with the gifts we have each been uniquely blessed with in this lifetime. Thank you again for joining us and I'll see you next time.